At Bryan Health, we care for patients, educate tomorrow's healthcare providers, motivate our community with fitness and health programs, and collaborate to continually improve how we serve others. That's why we are proud to present another Bryan Health podcast. Here's Melanie Cole. There are well-known risk factors for heart disease, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, being overweight, and family history. But some little-known risk factors can also threaten your heart, and you may not even be aware of them. My guest today is Dr. Keith Miller. He's a cardiologist with Brian Heart. Welcome to the show, Dr. Miller. So who's at risk for heart disease? Is it fair to say there's a lot of hidden risk out there people are not necessarily aware of? Yeah, good morning, Melanie, and uh, I really appreciate the chance to talk about this topic, which is uh, something that I'm really very much interested in and spend a lot of time talking to patients about every day. And uh, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of hidden risk out there. First of all, as you said, there's a lot of risk that's not hidden. It's right. Uh, it's very apparent to us. The people that are at highest risk are people that have things like diabetes, people that have already had a heart problem. Maybe they've had a stent or uh, they've had a heart attack in the past. They're, they're important targets of our uh, risk reduction strategies because we know they're already at risk. And then there's people that have very high levels of bad cholesterol which, of course, you wouldn't know unless you had it checked. So it's very important to check those things. But, but beyond those people that are very obvious to everyone, there are people that, that may have hidden risk, uh, and, and we can often discover that with really very little additional effort. Uh, they're the people that don't have a history of cardiovascular disease. They don't have diabetes. And uh, I think an important point to remember is that based on the most recent guidelines on managing risk, almost half of U.S. adults have enough risk of a heart attack or a stroke to warrant some kind of preventive therapy. More than three-quarters of older adults over 60, 60 to 75 years, have enough risk uh, to warrant some kind of treatment. And you have to keep in mind that cardiovascular disease, we've made a lot of progress in treating and preventing this, but it's still the single leading cause of death in the United States, accounting for about a quarter of all deaths. Uh, and uh, shortly followed after that by cancer, and then there's a big drop to the third cause of death, which is lung disease at about 6%. And and I think also very important to note is that more than a half of the cardiovascular disease-related deaths occur in people that were traditionally thought of as having relatively low risk. So if somebody doesn't have diabetes or they don't smoke, they don't have some of the well-known risk factors, are they still at risk? And then in which case, if they don't have high blood pressure or high cholesterol, how would they know? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and, you know, a lot of it seems really abstract, but but it's not because these things are are knowable to some degree. And, And we can never predict perfectly, but we can do a lot to try and understand that. And Really, the starting point for trying to understand a person's risk of having a heart attack or stroke is to use something called the heart risk calculator uh, that's part of the the guidelines on the assessment of cardiovascular risk that were published in 2013 by the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association. And we use these guidelines every day. I use them in clinic every day, and I go through this kind of a calculation with my patients. We use it to guide the assessment of people's risk and make recommendations about risk reduction strategies like making better lifestyle changes uh, and treatment for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and, and obesity. And, and if you know your cholesterol numbers and your blood pressure, you can do your own calculation by 
uh, going to a, a website called cvriskcalculator.com, or uh, there's an excellent tool that you can find on our website at brianhart.com, and you can plug in your own numbers. And what this does is it gives you an estimate of your 10-year risk of having a heart attack or stroke. And, you know, it might be helpful just to give a couple of examples because uh, uh, people might be surprised at, at their risk. Like, for example, and I just plugged these numbers in last night, if you're a 55-year-old male with pretty average cholesterol numbers and normal blood pressure, that person has a 5% risk of having a heart heart attack or stroke in the next year or 10 years rather if that same person was 60 years old with same numbers that person has about a 7.7 percent risk and those numbers may not sound that high but both of those men would have a high enough risk that it may warrant at least a discussion about certainly good lifestyle changes and even cholesterol lowering therapy and that's just a 55 or a 60 year old man with fairly normal uh, blood pressures and cholesterols. Um, now, if you take somebody who's a little different, let's say they have uh, high blood pressure as defined by the, the new blood pressure guidelines, uh, a blood pressure of, say, 135 over 85 at 55 years old, that person jumps up to 6% risk. And if their cholesterol isn't so hot, that gets them over 10% risk. And that actually, that risk really starts to accumulate. So if you look at the, the current guidelines um, based on the standard recommendations, anyone with a 10-year risk of over 7.5% benefits from risk-lowering strategies like being on a statin cholesterol-lowering drug. And even in people with a risk of 5 to 7.5% risk in 10 years, uh, it's really worth a discussion at least with your doctor about whether you want to take a statin drug and, and certainly working on diet and other uh, things like exercise to try and reduce your risk. So, Dr. Miller, when people hear about these hidden things that they're not quite really aware of, people hear, well, about stress and depression and even sleep apnea has been in the media lately. So speak about these things and how do we know if they are affecting us or not? Yeah, those are, those are um, difficult topics because... You know, there's been talk about the relationship between things like emotional stress and psychological stress and heart disease for years, and there is no question that people uh, who have depression and people who are under a lot of psychological stress do seem to have a higher risk of having heart problems. And so we certainly encourage people to try and manage those things and uh, try and use stress management tools to try and, uh, try and reduce their risk. Um, sleep apnea is a very interesting topic because, you know, really, I think in the last 10 or 15 years, we've just become a lot more aware of the importance of sleep apnea in, in patients with cardiac disease and patients at risk of having cardiac disease. And, and just briefly, sleep apnea is a condition that we see, uh, typically in people who snore. Uh, most of those people are overweight. And what happens is that periodically during sleep, people with sleep apnea uh, start to obstruct their upper airway so they don't exchange air in and out of their lungs. And they literally stop breathing for uh, brief periods frequently during the night. And as they do that, their oxygen drops 
and pretty quickly their brain figures out, we're not breathing anymore here, and it wakes you up. Not so much that you might recognize it, but enough to disrupt your sleep. And this cycle can go on multiple times an hour throughout the night, and it can make you uh, not get restful sleep. You can be in bed 10 hours, but with sleep apnea, you may not be getting any good quality sleep. So the people that want to think about, you know, maybe getting a screening for sleep apnea are the people who are typically a little overweight. They snore. Maybe a spouse or a partner has seen them stop breathing while they're asleep. Uh, but the real hallmark is they're just tired and they're miserable and they wake up in the morning after being in bed all night and they still don't feel like they've gotten a good night's sleep. They may fall asleep with little uh, provocation during the day, uh, stopping at a stoplight in their car. If they have a few moments, they might, they might doze off during that. Uh, after a meal in the afternoon, they may get very tired. And those are the people that might want to talk to their doctor about getting screened. But that's also sleep apnea is an important risk factor uh, for heart disease. So, you know, it's an important way to kind of highlight people that might be at risk. And then you know, we typically, in those people, take a look at some of their other risk factors, too, like their blood pressure and their cholesterol and help them develop a strategy to, to try and reduce their risk. And you know, one thing I tell a lot of people that, uh, you know, maybe are middle-aged people who have gained some weight and, and have recently been diagnosed with sleep apnea, usually that's treated with a, a mask that you wear on your face overnight to try and help relieve the obstruction. Uh, but a lot of those people can actually cure or at least improve their circumstances just by losing weight. Well, it's such important information, Dr. Miller. So in summary, what's your best recommendation for people listening for how to understand and manage the risk and even some of those hidden risk factors? Yeah, I think the the first thing is just to pay attention to it and don't ignore the potential for risk. Even if you're in your 40s, it's the perfect time to start thinking about these risk factors. Because again, a lot of the heart attacks that happen, happen in people that we have traditionally thought of as being at low risk. And it's not too early to think about that risk. So do something to try to identify your risk. Get on one of those websites. Get on Brian Hart. Take our survey about what your risk might be. Go to your doctor, talk about your risk factors, and develop a plan. Because these things are very manageable. And by and large, the vast majority of the risk is modifiable, and it is within your control. We love to talk about the risk of my family history and my genetics, uh, and those things aren't within our control. But the vast majority of the risk can be changed and can be improved. So uh, just get in, talk to somebody, and develop a plan. And it's the new year. A lot of people are kind of having a, a thought in their mind about, you know, maybe it's a good time to lose some weight. Maybe it's a time to work on my diet. But in combination with that, sit down and get together with your doctor, do one of these risk assessment tools, figure out what your risk is, because you might want to have a discussion about in addition to exercise and diet, maybe taking a statin drug, or maybe uh, with the new definition of high blood pressure coming out recently, you might even have high blood pressure and you may need a medication for that. So just develop a plan. 
Thank you so much. And if you're concerned about your heart health, take our free, quick, and confidential HeartAware online screening at brianhealth.org slash heartaware. That's brianhealth.org slash heartaware. This is Brian Health Podcast. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.